I'm I'm good. I know, but why are you so quiet? Okay. Am I okay, quiet? so now we are re-live. So <laughs> we I don't know. We could just wing it. We're winging it. Okay. Dylan Carter with Aura, Vendrive, Aura, the repricer. Today specifically, we're gonna talk about um, merchant fulfillment and sure. how to reprice. Um, so thank you for bearing with us. I'm trying this new software called Restream and we are streaming in nine different places today um, oh, because LinkedIn isn't enabled yet, I don't think. So, um, okay, so if, let's see. I don't, I wish I could see the chat though. See um, the other, so Nathan from Hustle Buddies, he was like, you gotta use this, but he can see all the chat. It doesn't say right, right. the chat. Okay, so anyway, let's go ahead. And I will just mitigate questions from the groups. And okay. then, um, but let's just talk about, let's just talk about, okay, so let's give my testimony first. Okay, so I've been <laughs> with Aura for, I know, I'm totally, you know, this is Jess, right? Welcome. You've been with us for a hot minute, Jess. Yeah, so you're over a year and a half, almost two years, I think. Yep. Um, and so what you want in when you're when you're on Amazon specifically, you want to stay competitive and you want to stay in that buy box buy box rotation. Um, so if you're a brand new person, which we get, we've we've been really getting like 50 new people a week um, into Ladies of FBA. Um, if you're brand new, repricing is the act of moving the price up and down to stay competitive. Like that's the high level, right? Um, so I always say if you have a minimum of 25 SKUs, right? If you're a brand new person your first day, you don't need a repricer. But yeah, just if you wait. have 25 SKUs to 100, think about how you are manually putting in that repricer every single day, right? Um, and the time, we're talking about time here. So the one thing you can't buy is time. You can buy inventory, you can buy supplies, you can buy virtual assistants, but you can't buy your time back. And as the mastermind of your business, Time is one of the most important factors. And you'll get that, especially if you're brand new. You're like, oh, I have plenty of time. No. Once you become <laughs> an advanced seller, you have no time, right? You're an entrepreneur now. Welcome. So I've partnered with Dylan, um, and he has developed this amazing repricer. It's called Aura. And um, so frequently we come live and we talk about the software, the updates, and also how to optimize it for your business. So right now we're on the cusp. We're right. We're walking into Q4. So excited, right? I think we're all ready. We're ready. I feel it's like it's walking into pure year. chaos. I feel like we've been in Q4 since March 17th, though, because of the yeah. pandemic. You know, yeah. I always look at the silver lining, and the silver lining with mm -hmm. all of this is the fact that we are in e-commerce, and so we have been selling like crazy since March. But in Q4, you can expect to have sometimes double the sales, depending on what you're selling. And especially for this year, a lot of us are doing more and more merchant fulfilled so we can get the customer, the products in the hands of the customers quicker. So we've had a lot of, so the questions of the day are, how do I reprice for merchant fulfilled? And then how do I reprice if I am charging no shipping? And if I am charging shipping, how like that is our, that's what we need to know. So Dylan okay. is here to help us navigate um, using Aura for our repricing. So now cool. I'll give you the floor. We can do that. So so I, one thing that I really want to highlight, because I was talking to Chris Grant um, earlier this week about just this, because he wanted my opinion of like, 
what do I think Q4 is going to be like this year? I think it's going to be bigger than we've ever seen. Just COVID, right? It's already been, like you were alluding to, it's been increased already. So imagine what's going to happen when it's Q4 and it's already inflated. It's going to be nuts, right? And so I've always said, when when do you really need a repricing? Like if you had to pick one time of the year, it's Q4. Like if you only had it for one quarter, Q4, please. <laughs> like that's, that's, that, that's, the, that's the major time, right? Um, okay, Merchant Fulfilled. Here's the thing. A, a few things have shifted in terms of the buy box lately during COVID times, right? So you saw where Amazon's not allow or was not allowing people to send things in FBA. So overnight, people had to switch to a merchant fulfilled business model, which was painful. Um, but they, they shifted the buy box in the sense of just because your FBA doesn't make you better now. <laughs> and that was, a, that was a huge hit for a lot of people because it was always, well, I'm FBA, so I'm good, right? I'm the golden child here. Right. Not really the case. Now, has it settled? Of course it has. The the thing to keep in mind though is one, it's not just your price anymore. Price certainly matters. It's very important, right? Being competitively priced, absolutely. The thing to keep in mind though is the number of reviews you have as a seller and the vo or the quality you have. So volume and quantity or quality. I can't speak. More coffee required. It's been a long day. We're we're yeah. sucking some stuff out of here. What I mean, volume and then the quality of your, your seller feedback rating matters tremendously right now. So focus on that. I've had a lot of sellers be like, well, I can't control that. Yes, you can. You can influence it. You can put systems in place to increase that over time. Um, so we got to take it. We got to take responsibility here, right? Okay. Number yep. two, while you're merchant fulfilled, especially for people who are 90% merchant fulfilled, you're in a good spot now. Right. Previously, right. You, you weren't. You had a struggle. Right. And what I used to recommend is kind of the opposite of our oscillation strategy in terms of how you're repricing against certain competitors. So previous to COVID, I would say if you're FBA, you would reprice below prime sellers by a penny. You would right. price above merchant fulfilled offers in the buy box by, you know, two to three percent, five percent if you want really want to be aggressive. And we would flip that if you're merchant fulfilled. So you would reprice below three percent against a prime seller. Yep. But either match or reprice below a merchant fulfilled offer, right? So you're playing the same game, just in a different perspective. That's shifted. Um, yeah. What I've started to recommend people is, you know what? All these exclusion things we can do, that's great. But again, you're not special because you're FBA anymore. <laughs> like right. if we could just, right. if we can move past that. What I've been saying and what I've always said is build a robust, simple strategy. It does not need to be complex, right? What we're doing back here is complex. Let us do that. You don't need to do all that. Right. So what I've been recommending is, listen, if your FBA just repriced below, buy a penny, any offer in the buy box. Because what do you want? The buy box. Why? Because right. it gives you 82% of the organic sales. Okay. Does it really matter what the offer is in the buy box? My argument is not really. I'm sorry, but it doesn't. Now, let's shift gears to Merchant Fulfill because that's what we're talking about. Can you just reprice below a penny against any offer in the buy box right now? Not really. If that's your aim. So what I'm still seeing is that you being slightly below in terms of a certain percentage of the buy box, assuming it is merchant or assuming it is prime does still work. So what I would recommend is the oscillation strategy. We're kind of going to keep that the same here. So which we, we, we've talked about before, um, but in terms of how you're repricing against either a prime or a non-prime offer. If prime repriced below by a one to 3%, again, 3% is kind of going to be aggressive here because okay. our whole goal here again is to win the buy box. Now there's differences in terms of how you want to approach that. I've always been the of, of the opinion that you target the buy box itself. Some sellers say, you know what? 
I want to be 2% above the buy box price at any given time. That's fine. What I see work really well is, again, you're beating the buy box and you're pulling it to yourself. Um, so I would do that. So what's funny is my recommendations for prime sellers have changed, but my recommendations for merchant fulfilled sellers haven't really changed that much. Now, the second part, which is very important because we get this question quite a lot. How in the world do I factor in shipping? Right. Okay. Very important. That's what everybody's asking. There are two types of shipping costs here. There is the cost you charge, or not the cost, I'm sorry. There is the shipping amount you charge the customer. Right. Which to you is technically revenue. And then there is the cost of which you pay to fulfill that shipment. Right. Those values do not always equate. Right. And typically they don't. So here's how we do that. We factor in automatically via your shipping templates from Seller Central what you charge the, the, the customer, right? Okay. So we look at what's called the landed price. So when you're when you're talking repricing, what price am I actually targeting as a as a developer? I'm actually targeting the total amount you are charging a customer, which is the landed price, right? If you think landed, it's what you paid plus got it shipped, it got to my door, and here's what I paid. Okay. So Perfect. a lot of merchant fulfilled sellers think, well, uh, I'm going to win by charging less price but more in my shipping. You're not going to win. That's not how this works. Amazon's kind of smart. Don't worry. <laughs> they, already, right, they already know right, that game. Right, right, right. Um, so, you know, you can't really manipulate that. Now, in terms of, so we're going to factor that in automatically. Okay. Based on your shipping template, easy, good. The cost you pay to fulfill that order, again, is different. The way you're going to factor that in, at least right now, is in the cost field per SKU. So not the most ideal thing. It's really hard for us to pull that data from somewhere at the moment. Um, we're going to have to break out the cost field into like sub costs, right? So it's going to be like right. purchase cost, shipment, miscellaneous, maybe even prep. That's coming. That's kind of down the down the pipeline. Um, what I generally recommend, again, I like things to be simple. Um, I would take the average for that SKU or even for your account, depending on how large it is, and then just take your buy cost plus that average per unit and factor that into the cost within Aura. That way they're both both factored in. Okay, so this is what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. um, for example, I buy something for $5. Sure. And it costs me $5 to ship it. Correct. So I'm going to put the cost as $10. Correct, absolutely. And then I'm going to sell it on Amazon for $18.99 or whatever. Absolutely. And absolutely. then that way, even if I have free ship, so if I say my price in Amazon, I'm just trying to think. Sure. <laughs> $50 with free shipping. Yes. And I have that five plus five is 10 mm -hmm. in Aura, uh, then that means it will reprice effectively. That's if correct. If you don't add the price of the shipping into your cost, however, and you leave mm -hmm. it at $5, then Aura will take your strategy mm -hmm. and it could go lower than you expect yes. because 100%. you haven't accounted for so or or you have it on amazon um okay so that's with free shipping correct I'm trying to think. so then the alternative is actually what i do i actually don't do free shipping which is all sure. up to you guys right <laughs> not like you guys as a seller not not aura um so i would have five i would have ten it would say it would say, let's say it's five dollars for shipping. So mm -hmm. then I'm offering it for thirteen ninety nine plus five dollars for shipping. It all lands 
at yes. $18.99. Correct. But I still need an aura for it to be $10 as the cost. Yes. Because if I put it at $5 for the cost, mm -hmm. it will bring that min price down. Here's your cost. It'll bring it down. And then it Correct. will be wrong. Okay. So the moral yes. of the story is for your merchant fulfills, for the cost of those merchant fulfills, put in the cost of the item plus your shipping fee. Okay. Exactly. So now here's another one for you. What if I have wholesale? Okay. Okay. Um, which you're very familiar with. <laughs> um, and I have several and people are like I maybe I put it up as a single, a sure. single ketchup. Okay. No, let's do something small. A single necklace. No, whatever. Okay. A single chapstick. Okay. A single okay, chapstick. I like it. <laughs> but people are gonna buy ten. So how does that how do you do that if my shipping to uh, okay, so then it would be a five dollar lips or lipstick or whatever. Sure. And then it would be they buy ten, so sure. fifty dollars plus shipping, but your shipping template would only be five dollars and then however much for every pound more, or it would be free. Right. So we're factoring in the shipping template on that. So you should be okay. Um, that's where it gets kind of like hard to solve. <laughs> so here's the thing to keep in mind. There are things that you can see as a human on Amazon or in Seller Central that, that developers cannot see in the code because it's not made available to us. So like prime example, regional buy boxes do exist. Do we get to see them? Nope. <laughs> I wish right. we could, because if you right. think about it, it's like, oh, that would be so awesome if we could. But then you're like, wait, but logically, how can you change? Because you can only have one price at one time. Right. But there are, let's say, five regional buy boxes in parallel right now. Right. I can't, you can't have five different prices in parallel for the same SKU. Right, right, right. So that's a lot of that stuff, is, that's when it's like, oh, like, the stuff we're working on today, before me and you jumped into this, me and James, we have two whiteboards filled right now with stuff. Right. Um, of some stuff we're working on to release here shortly. Um, this stuff is complex. <laughs> Once you get yeah. into like the nitty gritty of like that, that's wait, uh, this is all the, this is inverse. That's all database stuff. That's like yeah. four databases for like one thing we're looking at building, you know? So it, it gets, it gets super crazy. Um, but in terms of like, Again, we'll, we'll pull in what is being shown based on your price for the the shipment or, or for the, the shipping template. And that's about all we can pull in. Right. That's where so, it's like we can't get super granular, unfortunately. I wish we could get more, okay. more so, but yeah. So I think if you are concerned about your SKUs where you're going very deep, my yes. recommendation would be going into the actual um, going to edit in Seller Central in Manage Inventory and setting the quantity, like the amount yes. someone could buy at one time yep. to one or three or five, whatever it is, um, if you're concerned, especially if it's something that is going to be really heavy um, mm -hmm. and you might lose shipping, uh, lose money on shipping if they pick it, uh, you know, several. So think about that. If you're going deep in something, if you're a wholesale seller um, or if your private label is really, really heavy, which I don't know. Right. I don't do private label. <laughs> Right, right. Just think about that. Like, think about that specific to your inventory and if it's something you're concerned about. But at the end of the day, um, I think what we need to think about is when you're setting your cost in, in Aura, right? So if you're doing inventory lab, your magic, um, and then it's going to be merchant fulfilled, 
you can set your cost and then it'll all push over to Aura. But you need to make sure that you're putting in what you're going to pay for shipping. So you don't, so it That's doesn't right. go under, right? It's only going to do what you tell it to do. It's, it's, it's definitely not yeah. magic, right? <laughs> I know. So, um, I wish it was. I wish I could yeah. read your mind and be like, oh, you didn't put that here, but like we got you covered. Um, right. A little bit harder of a problem to solve. And, and the thing to keep in mind too is there's always going to be exceptions to the rule, right? So repricing is, is designed to work with a large number of SKUs very easily, but once you start to optimize for every single exception to the rule, that's when things get really kind of difficult on our end. Um, because listen, there's going to be times where you say, okay, this is the average. And then you get a, a person who buys 10 of them. And now the cost structure for your shipping is completely different. And we can't right. factor that in. Well, what do I do, do Dylan? Well, that's when you handle that as an exception, right? right? It's just part of the game where I think too many sellers get caught up in optimizing every single unit that's that sells and and i think that's incorrect instead what you need to do is kind of zoom out and look at the total picture for a period of time this is why i've been saying don't focus on unit economics too much here um, when it comes to pricing you really need to look at maximizing the total net profit for a given period of time in a lot of cases the way we approach like the oscillation strategy does lower your price but what's interesting is by doing so we increase the volume of sales for a given period of time Right. But because we're resetting to your max, we're actually uh, at least maintaining the average net profit. But right. that doesn't mean that every single unit that moves is at that net profit. Some are down here, some are up here, some are here. But if we maintain this average, you made more money in total for the same period of time and your churn through rate was fantastic. Right. And so I think it's kind of important to, I think too many sellers get caught up on the nitty gritty of like, but that one skew, I'm like, I know, but you have like 40,000 skews. Right. <laughs> and like right. they're all great minus that one. Right. Um, and then that's where it's like, Hey, like we were talking about your time as, as a business owner, you know, when we started this. Right. And I think oh, that's yeah. where if you can be like, you know what, there's just going to be some, some weird ones. There's always a weird skew in every yeah. account. There's always a weird skew. And you're like, I don't even know what to do with that thing. <laughs> like, just right. let it exist. Right. So, yeah. And so I, you know, as I move more and more into merchant fulfill it just it's, yeah. it is more profitable i'm not gonna lie like mm -hmm. and at the end of the day that's <laughs> what we're here for right we're not sure, sure. you don't have to be a million dollar seller you have to be a profitable seller right that's a good Being point a million dollar seller <laughs> is great but what if there's no profit so not if you only um, made eight dollars so, but i want to maintain because because merchant fulfilled items are flying off the shelves which is sure. so weird right i've been in this, in this for five years and I would merchant fulfill in Q4, but, and then I would merchant fulfill all my breakable stuff because I don't yeah. trust Amazon not to step on my eyeshadow palette. <laughs> right. But now I'm like, I'll merchant fulfill anything that I have a box for, you know? Um, sure. So not only am I able to reprice to stay in the buy box, but I'm also getting a little bit extra profit by doing a little bit more work, yeah. you know? Um, and so that, for that, I'm grateful. And I'm, I'm glad because, we needed to have this conversation, you know, because yeah. people are confused. I was confused. I didn't oh, want to give course. wrong, um, you know, information. So at the end of the day, build your shipping into the cost for Aura, then set up your strategies as appropriate to your business model. Mine is always yeah. to get the buy box, right? Um, yeah, right. And so however you, however you guys set that up, we have yeah. other videos about setting that up. Um, you know, here in the groups and also I'm on our YouTube channel. Um, so if you need help with that, you can always tag me and I can direct you to those or you can tag Dylan. Um, and, uh, but, but tag me first, right? Cause he's very, <laughs> very busy man. And, hey, busy. and listen, abuse, more and more. <laughs> abuse our support. Listen, yeah. I got Finn over here working. He's ready. So oh, if you're like, yeah, he's ready. if you, if you reach out and you're like Finn, Dylan, 
I heard you on that video. Can you just do this for me, please? Yep, give me 10 minutes. I got you covered. We'll have that strategy yeah. locked and loaded in your account. You're good to go. And um, if you're don't new, you're alone. Yeah, and if you're new, I will throw this out there. So if you're new to Aura and you're setting it up for the first time and it takes you more than 15 minutes, send me a PM because I can help you <laughs> with that You know, um, sure. inventory lab and then CSV file and then upload to Aura. You'll want to do that. Yeah. as your first step to get your costs in there. If you're not mm -hmm. using Inventory Lab, you'll have a little bit more work unless Highly. you have a really robust Excel sheet or, or document, right? Um, so don't spend two hours. If you're my mm -hmm. affiliate and you use my link, PM me. I'll set up a 15-minute call with you. We'll do it. No big deal. And then another note. So um, what Aura does is it connects to Inventory Lab. I think it's a refresh once a day, right, Dylan? For Inventory Lab, yeah, we pull yeah. essentially every 24 hours on a rotating schedule. So whatever is available from their system at that point is what we'll import. Right. So as you're putting in your shipments to Inventory Lab, which is the inventory management mm -hmm. software that we sellers in the United States use, um, then every 24 hours, if you new, put new SKUs in, those SKUs are going to be migrated into Aura as long as you have that connection set up. Okay. If you're doing it for the first time, call me. We'll set it. We'll set it up together, um, and then from there on out, it all you have to do is go and enable your strategy. Enable your strategy, right? Yeah. So that first setup, it might take a little, a minute, you know, an hour to set up your strategy, uh, migrate your CSV file, da 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 da. But then, then if you're bringing <laughs> a seller and you're selling over 25 SKUs and you're going in four or five times a day. And, Pressing match, match price, match price, match price. I know you're doing it. If you're not doing it, then you should probably do it. Yeah, at then, least do that. Yeah, yeah. Then it'll be you're getting your time back. The one thing you can't buy. And as yeah. the mastermind of your business, you are the mastermind. You're the one that can go find those SKUs that are going to make you money. You're the one that can pack those boxes. You don't have time to be pressing that button, right? Yep. Um, and then work with Dylan and I to optimize your your strategy and then it'll be plug and play right yeah. every week i make sure everything is enabled and i i keep going it's just it's really yeah. great because as a big seller with lots and thousands of SKUs, mm -hmm. it's very important to have those things automated and aura has a history of being a really great repricer so the value that you're getting is amazing so yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't have any questions um, on ladies. Let me switch over okay. to one more. One thing I do want to highlight. Yeah. So as more and more people switch over to Merchant Fulfilled, I, I want to highlight something that, that could be a potential problem. So yeah. keep in mind that we are importing, not syncing with Inventory Lab. Those two things are vastly yeah. different, right? So yeah. we, once every 24 hours, we are, we are importing your costs from Inventory Lab. That also yeah. means that if the cost in inventory lab is $10, but you set it in as let's say 15 in Aura, every 24 hours, it will revert to whatever is in there. So here's my recommendations why I bring this up. If you're setting your cost plus shipping as your cost in Aura, inventory lab could override that. Okay. I don't want you to waste time. So here's, here's what's important and it's not ideal, but I'd rather tell you how this works than waste anybody's time. Yes. If you're shifting more heavily into Merchant Fulfilled, I don't want to skew your numbers in, in Inventory Lab. That's your P&L, in my opinion. Or right. is not your P&L. So you right. can switch some stuff over here, and that's okay. What I've been recommending recommending is when you first get set up, have the import 
import everything for you. Okay. Then toggle off the in, in, uh, the integration. Integration. The reason for that is I don't want to overwrite everything you just did every, every 24 day. hours. But right. here's the workaround here. You toggle off the integration. We got it there. That's not a big deal. Every yeah. shipment you create in Inventory Lab, they give you a closed batch report. Yeah. Grab the closed, uh, the closed batch report. You don't have to change anything on it. Upload that directly into the uploads feature. Once the SKUs are available in Aura, it should take more than a few hours. Um, and then those calls are there and you have those, right? So it's it's an extra manual set, but you're not entering them in one by one manually. Just export that file, close batch report, throw it into the uploads page and you're good. If you want, if you want it to be a little bit easier too, because now you're going to have to still factor in uh, that shipping cost if you know that ahead of time. Open that, open that CSV file in Excel. Go ahead and add the shipping cost to the cost file there before you upload it into Aura. Okay. A little and bit that's more actually manual. exactly what Sandra was saying. She said, yeah. you know, where do I add? Okay. So to recap, mm -hmm. if you're doing Merchant Fulfilled, your first time, put them all together. Integrate yeah. Aura and Inventory Lab. Turn off the integration. Correct. Then, once you do your next box, you're going to take that closed batch and you're going to upload it into Aura. If That's you correct. need help with that, with that process, have it just be a part of your process. Exactly. The next thing is, is if you're doing a replenishment, you don't have to do it, right? You don't no. have to re-upload. If you have just a box of chapstick <laughs> and you're just sending 50 more, you don't have to. Nothing on your end. Right. All good. Only if you add new SKUs. If you add new SKUs to that box, with maybe you have chapstick and you have mm -hmm. um, lotion, hand lotion, and the hand lotion is new, then you're going to want to do that. But you'll have to Absolutely. correct for it, right? So do at least your, for now. Yeah, and so do your due diligence, okay? Mm -hmm. um, because that's what this is. Um, but you still want. Then it's like, oh, why would I do all of that, right? But you still <laughs> want to maintain the buy box for your merchant fulfilled, yep. and especially in Q4 when we have. Hundreds of SKUs that sure. you could be repricing for. Sometimes those things you can literally walk out of Walgreens and sell stuff, yeah. right? So you got to think about that. And yeah. um, so it's 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 always learning, right? <laughs> right. Never ending true, change. True. Um, yeah. And and the great thing about is this is why we had this meeting yeah. to sure. hash through all of the scenarios that you have. Um, and I appreciate you, Dylan, for meeting Thank with you. us because. You're enabling us as sellers to become more profitable with the tools that you're giving us. And I really appreciate that, Thank you know, you. Um, because there's no way I'm going to be going into right. 3,000 SKUs and pressing yeah. that um, every single day. So that was Sandra's. She wants to know. Um, let's see. Okay, here's one more. Um, for RNOA, we sometimes replenish, but the cost Ooh. can change if we go to a different store. Okay. Yeah. How can we use the upload strategy for that? We just have to stay on top of the buy boss. Do we have to just stand up? So, okay, I buy something at Target mm -hmm. and I also buy it at Walmart. Um, but are they going to be two different SKUs under one ASIN, right? Yeah. So we look at the SKU level, not the ASIN level. So you right. can have, you know, a thousand SKUs for the same ASIN. We're going to break everything down to per SKU. Um, right. Very, very important. Now, if it's the same SKU, so we see this kind of with, with wholesale to a certain degree. So I might have the same SKU, same ASIN but the cost might fluctuate. If I can use the inventory lab integration, 
they're just going to follow FIFO. So first in, first out, right? So the moment I say, okay, I have 20 at $10 cost, and I have another 20 that came in after at $21 in the cost. The moment the first 20 are gone, Inventory Lab is automatically going to revert the active cost per unit, which is what we import okay. for that SKU, and it's going to update it, in which case now that's going to bleed over into Aura once, once that change has happened. Um, if you can't do that, and it is the same SKU, we can make that assumption, and it's RA, you're doing Merchant Fulfilled, just use the closed batch. Okay. So yeah. this is what I'm saying. I'm going to buy my chapstick from, from Target, so it'll be sure. TAR yeah. 5. And then probably the date, whatever, mm -hmm. 0903, right? Sure. So that's my SKU number one. And then I'm going to go to Walmart and buy it for six, okay? Because mm -hmm. it's still profitable. So sure. it'll say WAL 60903, right? So yeah. that's my SKU. So those are two different SKUs. So those are mm -hmm. going to go in two times, but it's going to be the same ASIN as far as yeah. like you're sending it all to the same ASIN in in, on Amazon. Yeah. You have one listing, but the two costs. Exactly. 100%. Right? You So you can do that or what I just like simple average simple. the two. Yeah. If one if one costs you five per unit, the other costs you six per unit, just break that down to an average, right? So if you got right. five at five, five at six, just do that math real quick and just throw in your cost as the average of those right. and then just let it ride, to be honest, because there's, yeah. there's not such a massive difference in your cost where you're going from like, let's say a $10 cost to a $20 cost per unit. Right. It's like a dollar. So like, it's really not going to be that big of a deal, in my opinion. Again, this is where we right. where, where at least I start to say, is it really worth my time as a business owner to really get that granular? Sometimes right. it is. In this situation, I would be like, no, I've got that many of at that cost, that many at that cost, average the two, throw it in or move on with my life, right? Get back to Or sourcing. just revert to the more extensive one. Yeah, you can absolutely do that. 100%. Then, yeah. Especially if it's, I'm like thinking about Barbies, right? And right. I'm going to Target. I'm, <laughs> And I, maybe I have a discount, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. I'm just going to keep it at the higher because nine sure. times out of 10 is going to sell mm -hmm. anyway. You know, like I'm not going to go yeah. unless it's like I go in and get buy one, get one free two weeks later. Now that's going to be different because it's going to yeah. be significantly different. And this is where so, a lot of sellers get kind of frustrated because they're like, but that's not mathematically correct. I'm like, I know. But keep in mind, Aura is not your P&L. You're not right. looking at or to know explicitly I paid that dollar amount to the T and I sold it for that. It's more so about getting a general idea. I mean, you want to be as accurate as you can, but sometimes you can't, right? Sometimes it's just, it's not designed to be to that nth degree. So I always tell people use Aura for changing your prices and getting you sales. Right. Look at a tool like Inventory Lab to know how much money you're making. Right. Because they are, they are fundamentally different, right? Like we're not going to, we're not going to be able to have the same level of granularity as inventory lab is because that's what the entire system is designed to do. Right. right. The fact that you can list with it, it's kind of a secondary thing in my opinion, yeah. more so right. it's about tracking, you know, profitability. Yep. So, you know, keep that in mind as you're looking at two things, don't feel like it has to be perfect in aura. I, I find a lot of sellers enter, you know, a relationship with, with our company and they expect ev or they want everything to be perfect. And sometimes you just can't. And that's okay. That, that's not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. Okay, a couple more questions. Um, sure. So you can only have one SKU for Merchant Fulfilled, right? Yes. So put so yes, here. All you need to do is just put up the ones that you have. Like I, I have ten Barbies. Five of them are from Target. Put the Target one. Put it at five, and then put it put the other five in after. Right? You're yeah. the one that's up, updating. The quantity, like sure. in, on seller your seller dashboard or yep. or inventory lab, right? Yep. 
Um, and then, so to confirm, we would have to keep the integration uh, of Inventory Lab off if we make a lot of merchant fulfilled batches consistently. To that, yes, yes. right? Because yes. that 24 hour is going to update everything, not just the yep. new. Hey, yeah, everything. Do you need to unconnect the integration if you're going to be doing a lot of merchant fulfilled? And right. you're just going to add the closed batch updates, upload CSV to the end of your box, like process, right? So here yeah. I am. I'm going to put all this new stuff in my merchant fulfilled inventory. I'm not necessarily making a box, right? And then I'm going to go to closed batch, download, upload to Aura. That's just going to be part of okay. my process. And then the next day, let's say I'm going to do an FBA box. I'm going to do my box and then I'm going to go to the closed batch. I'm going to download it. I'm going to upload it to Aura. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. so you're just changing the process to no longer automatic integration because you're doing two different levels. You're doing, or maybe all, you know, merchant fulfilled. Yeah. But if you're doing both merchant fulfilled and FBA, we need to turn that off or It'll go back every, and you'll have to do mm -hmm. your merchant fulfilled prices every single day. Yeah, at least at fine. least for now, which and that's why for I said now. it's not ideal. Um, right. The reason for that is again, we only have one cost field. Eventually, we'll have a buy cost, a shipping cost. In which case, we can leave that on because we're only going to update the buy cost from inventory lab, right. and whatever you set for the shipping is just going right. to stay there. Right. Um, but that's going to take a lot more. You know, we're we moved to yeah. Boston for a reason. We're going to do some rebuild stuff, which is going to be fun. Um, so a lot of things are going to change, including stuff like that. So just in the meantime, I would rather save you time and just be like, hey, not ideal, but it's going to work. You know, yeah. so unfortunately, you don't get to use the inventory lab integration the way it was meant to right. be. Um, right. But I would rather you have accuracy and less headaches than that. And again, right. it's not going to take you much you know, more time. To that, we didn't know. Right. None of us knew right. that this was going to happen. <laughs> True. Like barely 90 percent of us are FBAers. Right. Yeah. Um, right. So Dylan has given us the workaround um, until they can do updating software is a lot Working of work. Never <laughs> been a, a software update developer. Even just updating a couple of things on my website is hard. Yeah. Right. So yeah. just so you know, the amount of work that 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 takes mm -hmm. on those types of software rebuilds, it's not like a plug and play. Like it's not I like I you... sign in and then. Boop, boop, yeah. Here it is. You know the the basic so, stuff. This is what what's back here is actually not that complex, relatively speaking, but it still deals with the algorithms. And when I I tell you, I spend my evenings when I leave the office doing MIT's open courseware on computer science and electrical engineering. I'm not kidding. <laughs> so when I say we are tripling down on this company, I'm not joking because I am not. You're like a forever learner, you know. Like yes, and, and, I, and I, as an entrepreneur, you're that's who we are. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, okay, we have another question. Should we consider awesome. having shipping separate? Then would Aura work normally with a buy cost for merchant fulfilled? So as if you can remember, Aura is looking at your landed cost. Correct. So really for merchant fulfilled, you need to have the cost plus the shipping in yes. your cost in Aura, right? Yes. Inventory lab is your profit loss. You're going to have the normal cost for your, your $5, right? Yeah. But if it's five and five, you need it to say 10 in Aura or mm -hmm. it'll dip down and you'll have either potentially Correct. lose money or it'll, it will reprice mm -hmm. incorrect to your, to your strategy, yep. to your thought strategy, right? So yep. no, I would definitely have in Aura Correct. your buy cost plus your shipping, okay? And I know some people are thinking about this right now. 
Should I just include my shipping costs in my active cost per unit in Inventory Lab so I can still use the integration? The answer to that is no. Um, again, you want Inventory Lab to be as accurate as possible. Let Aura be 80, 90% accurate. That's actually okay. That's not a big deal, right? right. Um, the other side is dealing with taxes and all that stuff and you making right. smart buying decisions. Aura right. is not designed to make buying decisions. It's, it's actually there for function. It's not there for analysis. It's there to do your bidding. Inventory lab is there for you to say, cool, what's my data? What's going on? How do I make a smart decision? Where are 80% of my profits coming from in terms of SKU, category, supplier, what have you? Now you get to go triple down on that. So fundamentally different, but I would not, because I know some people are like, oh, I'll just do that as a workaround. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. It's a headache. Yeah. yeah. So you want your profit loss statement and inventory allowed to be as close as what you land mm -hmm. on on December 31st as possible. Okay. Correct. Um, so do not put your costs yeah. for shipping in inventory lab. Don't do it. Okay. Yep. Um, so just put your cost for, with your cost and your shipping in Aura. Um, and then just take that extra step. Mm -hmm. It only takes like not even three minutes not to even. download the CSV. And then upload the CSV to Aura. Just have it op open in the next tab on your computer. Yeah. Um, and then you can do it that way. You know, I mean, however you work your system, and mm -hmm. it's definitely something you can delegate, right? You can delegate. Oh, 100%. A VA can do VA, that. Do yeah. every, every day at midnight or whatever time you set. Yeah. Like, you know, if it's really something that is, you know, it's too much for you, maybe you have uh, nine different um, batches a day, right? And you want to delegate right. that. That's an opportunity to outsource. But um, for now, this is what we're working with, and um, it's good because then you can stay competitive, and that's the point. Yeah. So you can save time and make money because that's what we're here for is to make money. Right. Um, so we've had a lot of great questions. Those are from e-commerce empowerment. If you guys awesome. have more questions after we um, are done with this, tag myself, tag Dylan Carter. Um, he is the co-founder of Aura and Vendrive, right? Um, and, uh, so if you want, you, we have a discount here for my followers, 15% off, uh, the first few months. And then, um, with code FBA ladies, it's all caps. It's a little bit switched, but that's okay. <laughs> um, the link is in the top of this stream. Um, so, and also thank you, Dylan, just for yeah, bearing with me as my, my guinea pig for this. .io. If you guys are, if any of you are influencers. Um, it's exciting to use software where you can be live and provide the value and information to as many people as possible. Uh, so thanks for bearing with me with all this. Of course. Um, we have one more. What happens if Aura goes too low when the buy cost plus shipping cost if you have an aggressive strategy? So it shouldn't go too low. If you have your yeah. strategy set um, and you have your buy cost and you have your shipping correct, then it shouldn't go too low. That's you um, control what too low is. So that's a cool ahead. thing. So 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 too low needs to be quantified, right? So if too low is zero dollars, well, you set the min price either manually or automatically. So that's the cool part. You have control there. So it can never go too low. It can only go as low as your min price is, and it can only go as high as your max price is. So what's cool is yeah, we are automating a lot of stuff here, but we are giving it boundaries, right? It's kind of like bowling. Like you, you can do whatever you want inside the lanes. Yeah. We're putting up bumpers. <laughs> so the bumpers yeah. are there. You're good. So Sandra, if you have questions about that, we can look at that or Dylan can look at that. Yeah, you know, 100%. Whatever. Um, or if you set something up and then it doesn't look right, right? That's when you reach out to his team yes. or, um, you know, to Finn to see 
to troubleshoot, right? Mm-hmm. So if, you, if it's brand, you're brand new to all this, then you could, you could just toggle, enable the repricer on for a few SKUs and see how it works, right? So 100%. for new people, um, if you're getting, if this is the very first time you've ever used a repricer and you want to get the hang of it, just like when you're shipping, I say ship one and figure it out. <laughs> Reprice yep. a couple and figure it out, right? Exactly. Don't lose a bunch of money if you don't know what you're doing. And that's why we're here is to help you um, set those up, set the strategy up, um, and make sure that what you're putting in is correct so that uh, the software can work its ma- magic, yeah. right? While you're sleeping, it's repricing. While yeah. you're doing whatever you need to do, sourcing, packing, prepping, mm-hmm. and you're saving that time. Okay, um, was there anything else? Everybody's uh, everybody's saying thumbs up, so that's good. Awesome. <laughs> um, I love that we're all over the place with this streaming. Uh, oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. When you first started with Aura, what's the best strategy to try? I tried playing with it on my own and went from current sales to none. Okay, okay. so reach out uh, today. Hey. Reach out now. Okay. <laughs> uh, that user needs to reach out now. Let's yeah. fix that. So I'm not sure yeah. what's going on. Um, I do recommend what's called the oscillation strategy. Jess does have videos of us going through that. Please reach out um, to support, like literally as I'm talking, reach out to support in Aura, that little blue icon in the bottom right screen. And just say, hey, Finn or Dylan, can you add the oscillation strategy to my account and help me switch my listings to that strategy? We will have that done within five to 10 minutes for you. Please do that so we can fix that now because I don't want you to not have sales. Very important that you do have those. (laughs) So please reach out. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, it would be a matter of looking at what you set your strategy at. If you set your strategy at a minimum return on investment of 100%, then you might not. If your costs are not as aggressive, now it's not realistic all things and that's why like it's sometimes it's it's easier for you to actually reach out to support because what we can see because we can jump into your account settings and see what's going on otherwise if it's like hey dylan what's wrong with my strategy no idea can't see it right so um definitely i would say you know anything that's gonna be strategy related please please use support it's free you kind of pay for it right Right. it's baked into the cost um definitely reach out and just be like hey here's a skew no idea what's going on. You guys figure it out. We will do so within 10 minutes and have you an answer. Um, yeah. You don't have to give us any contact. We, we do this day in and day out. We got you covered. <laughs> yeah. So Jay, just um, just reach out to the team. Yeah. Um, but that's usually what I see if someone call, calls me and says, hey, Jess, I don't, I'm not getting any sales. I'm like, well, you're set at 100% for your return on investment. Yeah. I think it should be more like a 30 or, or 20. Like what's exactly. more appropriate to sure. the inventory you have. Um, and then, and then, you know, like you said, there, there might be like ups and downs and different things that are like a little yep. bit different. And that's why I have several different strategies. Um, and yep. I can, I can pop in the previous YouTube videos into the chat. Oh, perfect. So yep. That way everyone can kind of go, Oh, okay. And then while you're driving Jay, uh, you can listen cause he's a truck driver <laughs> he to drive across country and he pops nice. into all of the Nike outlets. I'm like, so jealous. I'm like, that's, that's so you know, smart. Right? I love that. And he has a semi, so fill oh, it up. ready. Right? LTL, I like it. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I appreciate I mean, was there anything else that you wanted to share, Dylan, from the team that, you know, um, that we should be looking forward to or? Sure. Yeah, I mean, a lot to look forward to. I, a lot of things we can't share because we are a small team. It's hard for us to say ETA of X, Y, and Z. I can't say that right now. We're at a point where we are. So we're bootstrapped. We did not raise money. So we've started from nothing, grown to where we are now. Um, we're about to hire two to three engineers. We've been saying that. There's been a lot in the background. 
that project is actually larger. That project included me moving to Boston right. um, and us negotiating this this office space and doing a build out. But we will be hiring two to three engineers in the next like month or so. Um, we are designing a new feature here. Um, I will tell you it's something that has been requested quite a bit. It's not just what you think it is though. And what has been requested is, Dylan, can you guys take my price to X at midnight, right? Something that's existed in the world of repricing for a while. But what we don't want to do is just build the same thing that every other repricing tool has had. So what we're doing is taking that a step further. Um, so that is not just going to give you that feature. It's going to give you a lot more functionality, uh, which is why it includes algorithms and some fun, crazy stuff. Um, I can't give you an exact ETA, but I'm telling you right now, we are today, me and James just wrapped up the logic and the design and the workflow. Now it comes down to databases, code. Um, so definitely something to look forward to, especially I want this out here before Q4 hits. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're playing, uh, yeah, we're playing around like, we're planning, I can't speak today. We're planning around right before Q4. So this month, um, we'll have something new out for you. Um, can't give you all the details, unfortunately. Yeah, but, no, but, I, but I promise I you, that, it's going to be worth uh, it. <laughs> so when you roll things out, you're always like, hey, Jess, I'm ready to show the follow, you know, so yeah, for sure. look forward to that. But yeah. I know how much work, I mean, I don't know, but I can imagine <laughs> how much work it is, you know, I can sure. imagine the sleepless nights, right? Yes. Um, so thank, you. thank you for <laughs> meeting course. with us today, even though I thought I did everything wrong. At least we got it right. Um, and then thank you for providing this sure. valuable tool to sellers so that we can have more profit and yeah. have more time. Really, that's of course. what we all need. I love so it. thank that's you so much. For. If you guys have any questions, feel free to tag myself or Dylan, and we'll see you next time. Have all a good right. one, guys. Thanks.